back to the Storytellers Podcast. I'm your host, Marsha Hoffines, and I am here once again with the Angela Goodman. This is podcast two um, of our series talking about women and money and all the things that go along with that. And today we are going to dig into how she got to where she is today with her business, um, why she's passionate about helping men and women with business strategy and getting their profit in order. And well, you'll just have to stay tuned and take a listen. Hey, Angela, welcome back. Marsha, how are you? I'm good. See, the fun thing about podcasts, as many podcasters will know, is that like we've actually been sitting here talking for like 15, 20 minutes before we even start. So it's always the funniest little thing where we're like, oh, hey, what's up? (laughs) We're like, well, we've been catching up for like 20 minutes. So (laughs) I'm so happy. Last time we talked, I, I just walked away from that conversation. um, So incredibly inspired and moved um, with you sharing your journey and your story. And I just know, um, in fact, I, I, I was talking to a friend this morning and I was telling her, she's like, what are you doing with your podcast now? And I was like, well, actually I'm, I'm, uh, recording a series on, um, women and money, but like money in general, she goes, let me know when that's out because I need to listen to it. So I just know that this is such a big topic for people. So thank yeah. you for being willing to take the time out of your very busy schedule to do this as a series with me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I feel like in the last couple of years, I really have spent a lot of time um, kind of realizing where my story is and what all has transpired in the last couple of years and also meeting a lot of new people and having new clients and understanding that this is really a pain point for a lot of people and talking about it is not an easy thing. And, um, you know, finding transparency to be able to say, hey, um, you know, I'm not as financially successful as I want to be, and mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable talking about where I am. And, uh, you know, I went through that too. So I, I'm grateful to you for having me uh, on and to put the series together so that we can all kind of have a little bit more open and transparent discussions about it. Yeah. You know, and the thing that I think is interesting about what you just shared is this pain point is for everyone, no matter how much perceived, and I just put in air quotes, nobody can see that wealth they may have, (laughs) um, or perceived not wealth. Right. And it's, it's such an interesting, um, it's such an interesting thing that this has become such a dirty little topic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Big secret, right. It's our big secret. Yeah. It is. And it's funny because people do work very hard to create that, that uh, picture perfect mm-hmm. existence um, mm-hmm. to make everything on the outside, you know, look like you've got it all together on the inside. So, so, so similar to so many other things we do in our life, right? You know, not just on the financial side, but on the mental health side and on mm. the wellness side and, you know, all of the things, you know, we all try to create that facade to some degree of how good we, we feel on the inside. Yeah. And I think that's a really great place to kick this conversation off. Um, so 
I'm going to start by just being saying like, I've been in the wellness industry for a really long time. And honestly, without the slowing down of the past three years, I don't think I would have seen as clearly how incredibly toxic the behaviors of those of us that are professionals in that space have been. And I notice I'm saying, like I'm including myself in that, right? Because when you're just in it, you're in it and you you forget about privilege, you forget about mental health, you forget about you know trauma, you forget about these things and you're just like spewing all the good stuff. And it's the same with money, right? We, we get yeah. into these places where it's like, you can listen to these experts um, and it's like, they make it sound so easy, you know, do this, don't do that, do this. And it's, it's never that straightforward. So, you know, you shared a lot about your journey with um, Famous Toastery mm-hmm. and how you navigated those times um, and successfully, right? Like you're still in operation. You still have your employees. You are still up and running. And at the end of the day, everybody doesn't have that same outcome. So I'll just say, even though if it's not what you visioned, you're still there. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And during that time, you, because of your story and because of your experiences, you had this desire to uh, take on a new adventure. So tell us a little bit about Valkyrie, what it is you do and the why behind it all. So it's interesting, um, as I was going through all of the transformation with the restaurant through COVID that we spoke about on the last um, podcast, as I was going through all of that, you know, I kind of realized in the course of my business career, I have always had an interest in helping financials to develop and in keeping track of them and in doing the bookkeeping and in providing analysis to myself on on where things were financially. And then also having ideas on how to fill sales funnels and how to grow. And I spent a lot of years in sales. And so I actually had uh, my very first client, friends of mine who were going into business for themselves in an entertainment concept. And they really had been in the gym space before they hadn't run businesses before they were kind of getting into their first foray and they had a very, they have a very successful concept and they just needed help on the business side of things, you know, helping to strategize on how to get sales and do their, do their bookkeeping and all of those things. So as these transitions with the restaurant were happening, I also had this come up for me and, um, you know, I have always done in the businesses that I've owned, I've always done my own bookkeeping. Um, I have always done my own taxes uh, until they now have gotten too complicated and I had to hire someone. Um, and so I was helping these guys, you know, with their business and they said, hey, we need a bookkeeper. We we know we need a bookkeeper. We need somebody to help us with the financials. So I said, OK, well, I can do that for you. And, you know, something I do for myself. Um, and as everything was happening with the restaurant and I was learning profit first and I was getting involved in the RTA syndicate, which is a group I joined around the same time uh, with entrepreneurs, I started to develop these connections with people who were having struggles. They couldn't find a good bookkeeper. They didn't have clean books to be able to make good business decisions. Um, 
And then I was learning profit first and it was all kind of a perfect storm of like, okay, now I need to take this desire that I have of who I am innately to help other people and really help people with their businesses in the ways that I've helped myself. And, um, and so that's why Valkyrie Ventures Group was born. Um, and I really started to, to only by word of mouth, my clients, I only take by word of mouth. I have maybe a dozen clients and I've met them in different facets, whether they be through the restaurant and their food service, or whether they be, um, you know, some of my initial clients or people I've met through Arte Syndicate or people I've met at Women in Business, um, people who just really need help. And so I am there and focus kind of on helping them. That's so. awesome. I can, I can say firsthand while I'm not like an ongoing paying client of yours, Angela, um, actually really helped me break through last year. One of my big goals was to really understand my money because I didn't understand my money, um, and how it was, was, and, or wasn't working for me. And, um, the gift that you bring to the table is such a, which I think is unique and the reason I think it's unique is because a lot of the experiences I have with CPAs or accountants or people who are working on your books is sometimes there's this very judgmental tone that comes along with it. Like, how do you not know this? And of course we're hiring you because you're the expert. I am not. So there was a sense of freedom and relief that came with having you help me. Yeah. You know, and, and I'll say this, I think, this business was really not, was born out of necessity of seeing people who needed help and not a way to produce income for myself. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't produce income with this business, but that was never the driver behind it for me. It was about helping other people and helping other people understand how do you read a financial report? How do you utilize those reports to make these decisions? How do you ensure that, that at the end of the day that you've got money in your bank account, you know, to the degree at which your business is profiting. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think for me, the value for me is not about my compensation. The value for me is about the impact that I have on other people. And yeah. I think that is what in a lot of ways sets me apart from mm -hmm. people you might hire from a CPA firm or another bookkeeper or things along those lines. Yeah. And I think it's really important because like you said, as you're meeting all these different entrepreneurs and you're part of these groups, it does, it keeps coming up. Relationship to money is so hmm, personal and um, it's confusing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I think that it needs to be handled in a, in a understanding type of way, because I think we, yeah. as we spoke about last time, I, I think we learn all of those financial tendencies from our family and from watching um, their transitionary process and dealing mm -hmm. with money or or not even really seeing that. And so, you know, when when I start working with a client, what I have found across the board is that most of them are at some type of transitionary phase in their business and they're unsure of how to handle that. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying to them, what do you mean you don't know? It's about, okay, well, you're unsure of how to handle it. Let me help, let me help you problem solve for yourself so that when these things continue to come up in your business, you know how to handle it. You know how to problem solve through it, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then providing people with different strategies and ways that they can kind of look at their business and say, okay, 
here's what I want my final outcome to be. Let me, let me figure out the steps. Let me, let me reverse engineer what mm-hmm. it is that I need to be doing. What's the biggest obstacle? Do you like, what, what's that big obstacle that you see come up for most people? Transparency. I think I think most people are so guarded because they don't want to be judged. And I feel like and I feel like that's the biggest thing. I think I think to your point, so many people in what I do do provide judgment, whether it's uh, about the business decisions that people make or whether it's about whether or not they understand their financial reports or it's about whether or not they're getting things done the way that someone else thinks that Mm -hmm. judgment is Mm -hmm. it's a killer for progress. A hundred percent. And it's perceived judgment. It's yeah. not even actual judgment. Right. Yes. It's, oh my gosh, you just 100% nailed it on the head. It is perceived judgment. So, you know, the people that we have doing our taxes for us, they're lovely. And they, and when you talk to them in person, it's so like, it's fine. And sometimes receiving those emails, like, why is this here? Right. Like, that's how they ask the question. I'm like, well, I don't fucking know. Like, (laughs) is it not supposed to be there? What did I do wrong now? Like, it's almost like that, like, oh, and it's just like the way things are sometimes presented and or the question, because we all have these historical storylines with money in one way or the other, if you feel personally attacked. Yeah. 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 And, and it, it, it's, it's so common though. And, and I'll tell you, I had a call yesterday with a client. So for, it's the first week of the month. And so I'm getting everybody's, uh, you know, books taken care of and having client meetings to go over analysis from the prior month and all that. And there, I have the, I have the ask whoever files, right? So, mm-hmm. so when I generate books, I have a line item that's called ask, you know, whoever. And so the visceral feeling to that ask uh, (laughs) file is like, I can, I can, I can tangibly see the uncomfort as I start to work with clients because they're like, oh my God, why is she asking me? Yeah. 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 Cause you feel like, oh my God, am I going to get arrested by the IRS for having this number (laughs) right on my report? (laughs) I mean, that's extreme, but my point, it's like you, there is this like real like heaviness around, how are my numbers going to come out? Like, what does my profit look like? It's like this really fascinating thing. And, and, you know, um, to be perfectly honest, I was just like a 1099 contractor, contractor type employee for years and years and years and years, even though it was like my own business, I never had like a formal Mm -hmm. LLC set up. So it wasn't until the end of 2019 that I actually set up my LLC. And then 2020 was just like such a shit show. And still most of my income a majority of my income that year flowed through 1099 and I had very, very little money coming through my LLC. So it wasn't until last 2021 that I actually started 2021, 2022. And I had such like a horrific experience with an an accountant in 2021 for our 2020 taxes that it literally made me not even want to open up my QuickBooks and understand what was going on. And then I was like, well, and then that whole process, and we don't need to get into that. And that's not what this conversation is going to be around. But even then the tools that are provided to people that are supposed to make it simple and easy aren't. It's not simple and easy to use some of these tools. It's not yeah. 
intuitive. And then you get on, have to spend hours on like help calls and things like that. So it is a very complicated process that, um, you know, I'll just relate to teaching yoga, like watching people go through this process of trying to learn how to be in the pose and breathe and focus their mind and do it can feel very like, why can't I get this right? What is wrong with me? How come I am not breathing the way she is? And why does my pose not look like this? All of a sudden it turns into this like shame conversation, this I'm not good enough conversation. I don't have enough. My money isn't good. My body isn't good. I'm not doing this right. And so tying it back to everything that you said in the first one, it's like, this is our health. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny. I tell, I tell clients all the time, I'm like, I don't ask you those questions to question your choices. Mm -hmm. I ask you the questions just to make sure that the money is in the right bucket for you to make decisions with it later on. And, and, um, and so it's funny, it's funny because to your point, right. It's, it's all every, it's like, anytime you make a decision, most people second guess their decisions. Most people Mm -hmm. think to themselves, is this the right decision to make? And until you've got a lot of learned experience behind you to prove that, yes, this is the right decision that I'm making. You're going to always ask yourself, am I making the right decision? Did I do this in the right way? Um, And so I feel like on the financial side of things that people do that more frequently when they own their own business because they don't know. Yeah. And they don't know what they don't. Yeah. yeah. You don't, yeah, trust, they don't yourself trust themselves. Yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because our, for the most part, like, and if you think about you grow up and who takes care of you, your parents do, they're making all the decisions around money and they're giving you money or not giving you money. And they're teaching you about money or not teaching you about money. And then all of a sudden you step out into the world and, you know, most people I'm going to say, uh, go to work for someone else. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's becoming more of a trend that our 20 something year olds are starting businesses for themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you think about like our generation and probably the majority of people who are going to be listening to this podcast, that age group, we went to work for someone else. So even there, someone else was taking care of our money kind of for us, like in terms of, we only had to manage like making sure we are paying our own bills. And then all of a sudden yeah. we want to become business owners and we've never learned how to properly manage books that way. Yeah. So tell me about Profit First and how this came into your life and how you see this helping kind of people bridge that gap and become becoming smarter with their money. So I think it's interesting, uh, the majority of business owners out there that I've met with, I'm clients with all of the things, um, they get a profit and loss statement at the end of the year, and it's got a number that says net, net income or net profit. And they look at that number and they say, I don't have that much money in my bank account. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that happened to me. I, I know. I know. It's uh, believe me more. It is definitely more frequent than not to have somebody with that amount of money in their bank account. And it's happened with me at the restaurants, obviously, um, although mine were losses, like we talked about last time for the first few years. Um, so I found the book Profit First in the beginning of 2021. And it's a it's a great it's a great book. Um, it is effectively a cash flow management system 
similar to the envelope system of Dave Ramsey, but different, but sort of similar. Mm -hmm. It takes you back to really the basics of if you don't have the money, don't spend it, but allows you to allocate into to take all the revenue you receive in and allocate it appropriately for your expenses. It ensures that you pay yourself, which is something I didn't do for the first two years. Um, It also ensures that you take a profit, even if it's only one percent. And then it ensures, too, that you cover yourself for any tax liabilities you might have to do at the end of the year. That's the main principle behind Profit First. And when I found Profit First, I was so upside down financially in the restaurant business that there was no climbing out of that. There was there was no way I was getting out of that hole. Um, And so I had to say to myself, there's got to be a way there's got to be a way that if nothing else, I can have some money in the bank and then I can get rid of some of this debt and then I can utilize the money I've got in the bank to be able to give myself a line of credit like this. It was so transformative to the restaurant business. I was like, I've got to try this. Um, And at that time, because I found it to be so valuable for my business, I started working with the Profit First community themselves um, and learning how to teach it to other people and how to implement it into other business owners, businesses, and then also different industries. So the basic concepts of Profit First are all about requiring you to think about money differently Mm -hmm. so that you're not overspending what you're bringing in. But then also to have you think about, okay, how does that work against my cost value too? Because it says you take that percentage of profit that you should be earning and you've got to build that into every single service, product, whatever your revenue streams are, you've got to build that into that as a part of your value and costing to the client or the person who's purchasing your products. Um. It's so funny. I get, I get in like teach mode. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like taking notes. Like I'm in school. I'm like, okay. I was like, so tell me a little bit more about that, <laughs> but actually it's really good. So, so, you know, there's going to be a bunch of different people who are going to be listening to this. Um, people who are in business and people who aren't in business. Can you do this for just your home? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is definitely something that you can do for your personal finances mm-hmm. as well. Um, and you know, so you take essentially larger expense buckets, you know, are you saving for your kid's college? You know, are you, how are you compensating for your groceries, your mortgage, your rent? Um, you know, is there something outcome wise that you want in your life five years from now? Should Mm -hmm. you be putting 1% away for that so that you don't even have to think about it as the time comes? What I find for myself is, you know, I had something when I first found Profit First that I really wanted to do and I didn't have the money for it. And I and I disciplined myself not to spend, which is something that typically I would just have done. Well, because we I, talked about it last time. It's yeah. that dopamine hit. It's that, yeah, it I'll is. just go spend that cash. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. is. And and unfortunately, in our society, the ease of credit cards and other products to help expend our financial picture, um, you know, it's become so easy that when you want that dopamine hit, you just go out and get it and you don't even have to worry about it. And then you and then you have a, a terrible hit later when you get your bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You just said that about credit cards, because Rob and I um, were talking about like when we he and I were first 
married and together, you know, credit cards used to give you all these freaking perks, right? Like you'd get cash back and I, Christmas used to be almost free every single year for us because we would get all this money back from our, I think, Discover and our American Express card. Like you would get rewarded and it's just not that way anymore. And so we really encourage our daughters to like, don't have them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then what's interesting about that is, well, no, there's great, there's other ways of building credit and getting a credit score and all that kind of stuff, but it's like living and, and managing your money accordingly Yeah, is, is really, it's crucial, you know, I, and, I, and listen, I'm not going to tell people to not have a credit card, obviously, like I have them for my business and you need them and, um, well, I guess I could say it's debatable if you, anyway, we won't get into that. But now, now, now I'm just having my own personal moment on this call, but that is such a, it's, and it's such like a hook, right? Like get this credit card and we're well, going to give you this. And then all of a sudden you're like, Ooh, okay, I'll take it and do my thing. And well, then all of a sudden you're like, shit, what did I just do? Yeah. And that's the thing. Bottom line is, is having an awareness Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of what money you have available to expend and then expending that amount of money or saving, saving for something and providing yourself that delayed gratification, which is something that people don't do anymore. Um, But I'll tell you that, that what I have seen is, you know, there, there's not a shortage of oh shit moments in life. Um, mm-hmm. I had I had client the my very original clients who who I started with. I integrated Profit First into their business and worked with them to implement it. Um, and about a year in, almost a year in, their landlord came to them and said, "Hey, we can't have your usage anymore, and your lease is effectively ending in 30 days, and you got to get out." So, so when that happened for them, they were faced with, uh oh, we've got 30 more days to make a revenue stream. We've mm-hmm. got to find a new place to lease. We're mm-hmm. going to have to relocate our business, which was mm-hmm. very, uh, which is, which is, um, you know, retail focus type situation. So people are coming to them. So they need a brick and mortar. They don't have a choice. So they were mm-hmm. going to have to relocate, rebuild, do a new lease find a place and all that in a 30 day time period and then build the space out. And a year prior, we didn't have profit first implemented into their business. They had no money for that. But after a year of doing this, they actually had the money where the transit, they could still pay themselves. They were still paying themselves even without revenue coming in. And they had the money in order to do the full build out and lease a new space. So some of it's discipline, some mm-hmm. of it's understanding the concept, some of it is just simple application of it, um, and some of it is about is about understanding that if you're using a credit card and you're spending on a credit card, as long as you're not spending on a credit card over your means, it's okay. And if you've got a credit card that gives you cash back, you should always have your money working for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting a percent and a half cash back, use the credit card as long as you have the cash to pay it off at the end of 30 days. If you if you have a bank account and you've got excess money sitting in that bank account, right now the interest rate's 4.74%, you better have you better put that money in an account that can get you that 4.74%. Every penny you have should be working for you. Right. Yeah. Every single every single one. Yeah, make your money work for you. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, this is no big, uh, crazy 
thought, but like, if you have a friend who's just like a dud, you don't keep that friend around. It's the same <laughs> thing, right? No, I mean, if you have a friend who you makes you feel bad or you're like, oh shit, I don't want to be around this person. Like it's time to give it up. And it's the same with your money. Like your money should be just another relationship, just another friend, another conversation. And, um, you know, it's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a, um, I'm not getting choked up over here. Suddenly I need to take a drink of water. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a really interesting, um, conversation like spending more because than you have because we are most people have a considerable amount of credit card debt mm -hmm. yep yep they do they do because in most in most cases this society that we are living in today has been has had made a shift in the last 20 30 years of instant gratification. Oh. The internet provides us instant gratification. Email was the first of many, right, with the instant gratification. The mobile phone in the car, instant gratification. You pick up the phone, you can immediately call somebody, right? Emails, you get an email. Oh my gosh, you're going to answer right away. Instant messenger, AOL, instant okay. messenger. Okay, so listen, <laughs> listen, you know, when I worked at AOL, I would sit and say, and if any of you worked with me at AOL, which I know there are those of you that listen, you may or not may or may not remember me saying this. I'd be like, guys, we are not curing cancer here. We're actually making people lazier. Like it was this whole thing. It, it is. And it's this instant gratification. You can do it in a second. You can. I remember um, to that point a couple years ago, I was running one of my um, shift express. It's just like a 30 day quick, like habits uh, program. And every week we all had to like bring something back into our life that had been missing for a while. And mine was going to the grocery store. And I used to love going to the grocery store. In fact, I was just in the giant in Leesburg the other day and I was, I, I kind of paused and I like had flashbacks to being there with Mez when she was a little baby, I would take her after work and we would go grocery shopping together. And oh, when times were so much simpler than they are now. And I missed going to the grocery store and like having that conversation and that interaction with a person and not using the self-checkout and actually like standing there and like having the conversation with someone, right? Um, it's so easy just to order on Amazon. And, I, and I'm not saying that I don't take advantage of the accessibility of that, but like there's also this, like, we have economies in our own communities that we are now avoiding because we are doing everything virtually. And, you know, it's not that I don't purchase things online. However, majority of things I will go to places I prefer to buy from small boutiques, mm -hmm. local businesses as much as I can, because it just feels more grounded and then you also take a little bit more time in making that decision. It's really easy just to click buttons, but like when you're actually yeah. staying there and you're like, mm, maybe I won't buy this today. And you can, you know, yeah. I don't know how many times I've walked through stores and I've had a armful of clothes. And then by the time I leave, I have nothing in my hands, right? <laughs> Cause it does, yeah. it gives you this time to just like think about it and really consider it. and try things on. And yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's um, it's funny because I feel like that that you've got mail notification that we all used to yeah. get right, has done it did two things for us. Number one, it, it, we we wanted that consistent dopamine hit every time we heard that we were important to someone else because we've got mail, right? That's right. And then and then aside from that, it also it also made communication to your point, made communication become lazy between people. Mm-hmm. And then with Amazon and the association of that and how it's grown and flourished, mm-hmm. you're right. And now we have all this time in our life to be busy working because we've been provided these conveniences mm-hmm. in our life that have given us a way to one, feel better because mm-hmm. we can get that instant gratification and to not understand goal setting in order to have delayed gratification. Yeah. I mean, you know, this, um, this whole idea of slowing down, I've said it numerous times. I've said it to you and I've written posts about it. And I, the more I slow down, the more abundant things get for me. And I can see how I spent a lot of time being busy, doing a lot of shit that didn't really get me anywhere, but I thought that I was supposed to be doing it. And, you know, I had a very successful and lucrative career at at AOL. And I can also say like, while it was amazing, because like we were cutting edge and we were doing things a lot earlier, like a lot of things that we were (laughs) looking at doing are now our reality, right? Yeah. With technology. And at the same time, I always, I used to joke with people. I'm like, don't follow my lead. You know, when I would run the yoga studio, cause I, I would be on emails. Like I would respond right away. Cause that's how I, I mean, I was working in that environment. We just were on, on, on. And boy, that's just not good. And that's how we are with our money too, right? Like how fast can I go? How much more can I get? Yeah. Yep. You know, I'll take this $10, but really was that worth it? <laughs> over there right, right right or swiping the card for one more thing um so when you work with um companies how long does it take for the transformation to set in and for you to see the relationship with their money change typically well you know that's a great that's a great question and it varies um i have some clients that are very quick on the uptake, but uh, it is a behavioral change. Mm-hmm. So it's how quickly do you want to make behavioral change in your life? And that's different for everyone. Mm. So I've got some clients that it's kind of an, an immediate thing and they see kind of immediate results from it and they take to it very easily. And then I have some clients who really need kind of more like time to decide what they exactly want to do. And so their uptake is a little bit slower. And then I've got some clients who who make the transition, who do the implementation, who see the benefits of it, but then still don't change the spending habits. Mm. Um, so it just it, it everybody's different. Um all of them have benefited from it. All of them see the benefits of it. However, that doesn't mean it changes the behavior in the way it should. Um, there's usually, there's usually, there is always behavioral change. It's just how quickly, what depth and what rate it happens. Yeah. And then probably the recognition that 
there's something inside of themselves that actually has to change before it can fully change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like anything else. You try to lose weight. You try to be more disciplined in your daily habits. You try to, you try to be more disciplined in spending time with your family. You try to be more disciplined in your relationships. I mean, you know, it's a bottom, bottom line is, is your finances are no different than all of those other things. It's an internal process. You have to, you have to see what process and behaviors need to need to have adjustment. And then you have to feel the pain deeply enough in order to make those adjustments happen. Mm, Yes. Yeah. If you were to leave everybody, I'm going to say with three things, but it can be less or more on everything that we've discussed in the first episode. And then also today. What would your, like, like what to do next? What would be a good first step for someone? I think the biggest first step is really just understanding what do you want your big outcome to be? Mm. Do you want to have, do you want to have freedom where you don't have to think about your financials? Mm -hmm. Do you want to have the ability to, um, you know, to have your business to be a certain size or to be a certain growth point, you know, do you, what do you, what is your outcome? Do you just want your family to be taken care of? Do you want yourself to be taken care of? Do you want to just not have stress regarding money anymore? Um, what is your, what is your outcome? That's like step number one. You've got to figure that out until you figure out what you want your ultimate outcome to be. You can't engineer the solution for the problem you've got. Um, So that's really kind of step number one. And then once you've determined what you want your outcome to be, then you say, okay, what behaviors aren't consistent with me getting that outcome? Mm -hmm. And then every time you make a decision with regards to money or discipline or any of those things, you say to yourself, is this going to achieve my outcome for me? If I spend $500 buying a piece of furniture that I wanted to have, but I don't really need it, is that going to get me to my outcome? Right. And then being disciplined and asking yourself every time you go for that checkbook, the credit card, the wallet, the bank account, whatever, is that going to satisfy the outcome I want for my business or for myself? I'm sitting here with the biggest smile on my face because one of the things that I talk about when I uh, guide people through a vision boarding exercise is all of your actions should match from here on out what you're placing on this board is your vision. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then you need to reevaluate that vision. And was it, is it really yours or is it somebody else's idea? Yes. Right. Or are you, um, you do want it. And I believe we all have self-control. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that it's a muscle that needs to be trained. Yes, it is. A hundred percent is. And it's, it's training that with your money is no different than training that with your health. Yeah. You know, it's the same, it's the same level of, of toughness. <laughs> it's not yeah. an easy process. It is not. And, and the, and the, sometimes the transformation is slow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, once again, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for having me such a lovely conversation. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed these two conversations around money and belief and wealth and health. 
habits, and it's all connected. So thanks for tuning in and you guys be well out there and I'll talk to y'all soon.